everyone. Welcome to Invisible, a masterclass in global education powered by Brain Wonder in partnership with Helio Tedicore, Ambiclass, and Fertado School of Music. The third edition of Masterclass series will take you on a short journey of transformation. We are so thrilled to introduce you with 30 global educators selected from 30 countries. In this Masterclass, innovative topics informative content and progressive ideas are being shared with you. We remain hopeful that this and forthcoming sessions will inspire you to bring about the possible change to take your school community into a new direction of development. My name is Namrita and I will be your moderator for today. I represent India's largest counseling organization, Brain Wonders. With 108 global centers, Brainwonders has been revolutionizing the face of academic guidance, career development, and personal growth via its US patented DMIT and online psychometric test. Founded by Mr. Manish Naidu, over the past decade, Brainwonders has been nationally awarded on seven different platforms, including recognition for being the most trusted and digitally innovative career counseling company. Excellence and passion is what Brainwonders strives for. And with that, let's begin today's session. Before I welcome today's speaker, I request all our audience to immerse themselves in the session and hold their questions which will be addressed right after the session. I present to you today's speaker, Glossia Rosas, who's joining us from Brazil. Glossia Rosas is an educational technology leader and innovation catalyst who works in digital learning projects and in school management fields. She's a qualified teacher and holds a business management and finance degree. She received her master's degree from Johns Hopkins School of Education on digital aid learning and educational technology. During her career, she has managed to specialize in school management, school leadership, and the financial management. Glossia is a Microsoft educator and Apple teacher as in the process of being certified as an ISTE educator, that is, an educator certified by the International Society of Technology in Education. As a former head of digital learning at St. Paul School, the prestigious British International School in Sao Paulo, Brazil, she has designed and implemented the school's digital learning strategy, for which it received the Microsoft Showcase School and Apple Distinguished School Awards for their innovative and creative use of technology in education. Aware of the challenges that the rest of the education sector was facing, especially with technology, in 2020, Glossia has got together with James Wilkinson and found the EduTech Alliance. The EduTech Alliance mission is to help the schools across the world to overcome their digital transformation challenges and shape their technology structure and strategy to offer the best possible learning experience to pupils and efficient day-to-day -day operation for the whole community of the schools. The company produces extensive content and training materials which all schools can access for free at the company's website www.edutechalliance.com and the YouTube channels as well. Because of her work with the Edutech Alliance, she has been in close contact with different approaches in teaching and learning and school management from the schools across the globe. These experiences enrich her repertoire, contributing to her mission on developing education through providing schools with a solid foundation for sustained innovation, 
many aspects of which she will share with us today. Over to you, Ms. Rosas. Uh, Ma'am, you are on mute. Ah, sorry. Thank you. thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for the introduction. Uh, I wanted to thank you all. Uh, thank you for organizing this event. And also thank you for, for the people who are watching, who's seeking to, to get new ideas, uh, to implement and to uh, make the education great. All right. Um, I will share my screen now with you. Well, um, the, what we're going to talk about today is this is the digital learning experience. Uh, we'll, I will slightly, I will go over uh, from a teacher's perspective and then from a school's perspective, as I know this this has different angles. So, well, the 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 EduTech Alliance is a um, is an organization. It's a membership-based organization. So schools become member of of the EduTech Alliance to get support on uh, education technology vision and strategy. So we help schools understand where they want to go and define how to get there. We do we do have some free material. We are producing free material. Uh, we have our first video. If you if you follow our our YouTube channel, you're gonna find it there. We also have uh, we we write we write articles or sometimes we just share interesting information in our LinkedIn account, um, you know, and and Twitter and and Instagram. But if you want like free resources, you can always always find it in our website as well. So uh, we have all been um, changing uh, as a you know, educators, there's people in education uh, from, from local mode to online mode. And we had different challenges. I see from, from the video that was presenting now uh, and on, on how public education is in Brazil, um, that this, like, this shift has been very different for many schools, for many students, for many teachers. Uh, there are obviously people who are, or organizations who are more prepared and organizations who are less prepared, who has, you know, more resources and less resources. Uh, but I am a true believer that you can do a lot with little. Obviously, if you have to go through a digital uh, education, you need to make sure at least you have access to digital learning. And, and as in general, think... You know, thinking, I, I, I wasn't even going to talk about that, but just because of the video that you showed on Brazilian education, I think this is important. And also because I think in, in India, this is also a challenge, uh, having access to, to devices. So it's, it's very nice for me to be talking about, you know, how you should be a digital teacher and digital um, school leader when there are schools that do not have uh, a way to, to, to provide digital learning to, to students. So uh, please understand that the presentation is going to consider that you have access, but if you don't, it's very important to, to find ways, depending on when you are, if you can, uh, you know, maybe through partnerships with 
tech companies, through uh, talking to the local authorities, to find way, ways to include students who do not have access into, into this possibility for, of online learning. And this, the, I don't think this crisis is going to stop soon. So this might be uh, a good call for, for digital inclusion of those who do not have access yet. So going back to the presentation, <laughs> uh, what we see now is we've been out of school for such a long time now. It has been so long, I guess, in Brazil, at least it has been since uh, May. Uh, and initially, we saw a lot of remote teaching, so like emergency teaching. So everyone goes online as fast as you can. And the objective was to get people connected and connect, connect students and teachers and get them learning. Uh, that's an emergency plan. Uh, you're not really thinking about uh, instructional design on, on, the, on the online environment. You're just really thinking of access. But as time goes by, those who had access since the beginning, now, uh, now you see that there's a there's a move. You should be you should be moving from remote, emergency remote teaching to digital learning. And uh, and the difference is that digital learning, there's a well planned. You plan it differently, uh, and I I will go over that now. So first of all, we should we should break some barriers. The first one is that the online, the online learning uh, environment or online learning cannot be as good as physical learning. So we do, we do have this in the back of our minds. Many of us think that it, it will never substitute the physical environment and it can't be as good and it can't be, uh, you can, it can't beat it. But this is not true. Uh, depending on how we approach it, depend on the quality of the of the online learning, this this can be a very good opportunity to develop, um, and obviously, uh, there are things in the, the in the physical space that it's going to be hard to make up for online, like the social aspects of meeting meeting people, like kids seeing each other, and so on. But there, you can do this online as well, and you 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 if you carefully plan your learning experience, this can happen. So let's. Keep this in our mind that learning online can be really good. And uh, and then I I wanted to show you this image. This is a random classroom all around the world. You see classes like that, and this is what normal was. And as you can see, you have uh, a teacher in the front. Uh, you know, everyone is sitting behind each other. Everyone is listening to the teacher, possibly copying whatever is being written on the board. Uh, they all have you know, textbooks. They are not talking to each other. They're not even looking at each other. They are just looking at the backs of each other, their, each other's backs. Um, and and this, this is just what normal was. And you see this clock on the wall. This means that you know, they have to start and finish on time. They have 50 minutes, 45 minutes and and that's it. Whenever they start maths, they have to finish in 15 minutes. Then they switch to science. They switch to another lesson. And that's it. So they have to shut down their brains for one thing and just start something else. 
Uh, and that's that this is what normal was for most of the people in the world, uh, something around that, right? And then I wanted to ask you, uh, going back to normal, because many people are just uh, having uh, a hard time online. So they're all thinking, well, you know, I just want everything to go back to normal. I want everything to go back to normal as soon as possible. And, and that's like the light in the end of the tunnel. But what was normal? What was so good about being in the normal place? And how this is going to change what we think normal should be? So uh, I'm thinking here, what, were, what, was the, what was positive when everything was normal? And I have here on the side, there's like a, a few words on, on things that come up from what, what was good. It was a safe environment. And you can see from even from the video that they were just showing now on the Brazilian education, the kid going to school um, saying, well, this is a place I feel safe. So it's a safe environment. Sometimes it's fun. It's social. You see your friends. Uh, it's whatever I learn is relevant. I get teachers feedback. Uh, I do cross-discipline projects sometimes. It's filled with passion. My teachers are filled with passion. It's, it's challenging. Uh, I, have, I, I do work sometimes with real-world application. And those are, I have here, just positive sides of, of schools. Because the negative sides, we could see in the picture. Uh, I don't think there's anything. So I actually wrote circumstances with an M. And I apologize for that. That should be an N. But anyways, um, the... So, so those are the good things that we should try to keep whenever we think going back to normal is. So the new normal that they say, the new normal, we never know if we are already in the new normal or if the new normal is going to come out after we have a vaccine or we don't know that. Uh, but, but how can we get those positive, are we, we reflecting on that, how, how can we get the positive sides of uh, you know, the normal uh, physical education, like on site in school and bring it to the new normal. And further than that, how can we make sure that we have those positive uh, points online, right? How can we make sure we're not just getting whatever we were doing here online. So that's the mistake. We can't do this online and expect the experience to be great. Okay. Um, so when you're, when you're designing an online course, you should, as I said, you can't reproduce what you were doing in, in, in your physical uh, environment when you were in the classroom. So a, a good online experience, you have to systematically plan it and work carefully, work on instructional design. And then this here is just a really simple instructional design um, diagram where you analyze this, you analyze who are your students, what, what environment I am in, what are my objectives, what are the skills, what are the resources that I have. And then you design this lesson and you then you develop this lesson, you implement, and you analyze how the experience was and so on. So I'm sure many of you are, are you're all aware of instructional design. 
if you're not, this is not the objective of the of the presentation today. You can, if you just Google it, you're going to find a lot of information on instructional design. It's just 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 to make sure it's it's here. And um, to to succeed in this in this online course design, teachers will need guiding instructional education technology strategy, experimentation time, consistent training and support. And those are things that you cannot get in, in, in remote emergency teaching. Those are, those are things you will develop as, as you have time for the online uh, digital learning now. And here, uh, I'm just showing you that whenever, that, like this carefully planned online uh, course or digital learning, is it's filled with op options you have to really think about it and decide how you're going to implement it so a few a few things to think about is modality so are you going to do fully online uh is it going to be blended uh how, what's the pace so is it is the teacher going to be setting the pace is the students or is it a mix and it's nice to have this, sometimes it's you, sometimes the class, sometimes it's a mix. It's, it's good to alternate, but it's, you have to make sure it's planned. And what's the role of the instructional designer, of the teacher, I'm sorry. The teacher will be the active instruction. It's going to be just mentoring. Is it not going to be there at all? Just listening. So what's going to be your, your role in this, in this, uh, in this lesson online? Um, and what's going to be the student role? Are, are they going to listen and, and, or read something? Are they going to complete problems, answer questions, explore simulation, uh, collaborate? What's, what type of activities, what, what should them, they, they be doing on this lesson? Um, of, and then structure, the size of the lesson, it will depend, obviously, it sometimes doesn't depend on you. But are you going to be doing large groups, small groups? Depending on the group, this will be different. If we were, we are now 40 people in this room. If we were five, probably we were going to be doing a workshop. But we are 40, so we can't do that. It has to be more expository. Uh, and then, exactly, how, how, how is going to be the pedagogy? Are you going to do expository? Are you going to be just... Uh, giving an activity and they're going to practice? Are they going to explore something they've never seen before, explore an activity? Uh, are they going to be collaborating to create something? So this is all important for you to think about before the lesson. Uh, and finally, uh, how, how is it going to be? Is it going to be a synchronous only, synchronous only or blended? So are you going to send them a video? Are you going to get them online all together with you? Or both. Sometimes they have to read something or, sorry, watch something that you send beforehand and then they get together everyone uh, with you synchronously to, to, to discuss something. So how are you going to do this intervention um, and how are you going to do the feedback? Is it going to be something automated like, an, uh, like a software that they use and it gives them automatic answers? Is the teacher, are you going to have a one-to-one -one feedback session? Are going to give class feedback? Are you going to get them to assess, uh, uh, to feedback, to give feedback to themselves on whatever they're doing? So, not only you can you can do great things, but you can do things online that you couldn't even think about doing when you were in in the classroom.
So this is this is really powerful. And also, uh, we cannot forget the assessment. So many teachers are 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 confused about assessments online. So how how are we going to do that if I can't see if they are you know cheating or something? So if you're worried about that, it's that's great because you will think about something that they can't cheat. So the type of assessment that you're going to do is probably something much better than just checking their knowledge in a in a in a on a on a quiz. So determine if students are ready for the accountant. So what, why are you assessing them? You need to know what, why do I need to assess them? I want to check if they're ready for something else, something more uh, complex. Um, are you are you assessing them to? You know to tell the system how to support the students so uh, you know where they're where they're lacking uh, and something and then you can help them with that uh, are you are you doing assessment just to provide the student or teacher with information about how they're doing are you just doing it to input a grade we are, we know it's i mean it's the worst option but we have to do that otherwise uh, you know, we, we can't even follow the governmental guidelines if we don't have a grade. Um, and then, or you're going to do assessment to identify the, the risk of failure. So there's different types of uh, assessments. So and different um, ways to assess as well. This, I, I didn't make this table. You can see the source here. Uh, if you want to check out the, those those authors, they, they wrote a really nice book called Learning Online, where research tells about whether, how, when, and, and how. This, if you want to have a good read, this is a good one. Uh, but those are all to show you that this is a, it's a conscious, design, conscious design, design decisions. This will influence the quality of the online student experience that you're providing. Um, and because we don't have much time, uh, th those were more for teacher in the teacher level. So teachers now living in remote emergency teaching and going into uh, digital learning per se. But also this, this can be, I mean, teachers to do that, they will need school support. Uh, and this is not going to just happen organically in the school. This has to be something planned, uh, just, like, just like the instructional design is made for the lesson to be great. You know, the school has to go through a design of a project to make sure the teachers are supported, that the, 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 the tools are there and, and that everyone is, is supported to, to make this change. So uh, we, don't, we don't have much time, but I will go over school level change, right? Um, so why is it so hard to change uh, from research we can see that industry-wide, not not in schools, but like if you if you go in business, you will see that 30% is the rate of success of digital transformation uh, efforts. But why why does that happen? And uh, I cannot tell you from the whole world why does that happen, but I can tell you from experience why this happens in school. In school, it does because. They look, whenever a school is looking into doing digital transformation, they only think about the technology. They hardly think about the other ones. And sometimes they also think about people, but very, very uh, little. They just think about people in terms of training. So they get a new, a new system, 
and and they train people on using it and they hope that everything is gonna uh be in place and working in you know in, in, a, in a few months time but that that's not reality as a project that sustains it needs to be also well taught so as as we can see this goes this aligns very well with what we were talking about in and emergency and and digital learning so emergency if you have an emergency plan to go online seriously just get the technology train the teachers and make them teach online great but you have to change it to a proper project along the way as you have time to to think about the other the other aspects of project of this uh, digital transformation to make sure it's sustainable right uh, and we like in we like to think that uh, you have to think about data. So who is how is data being shared? How is data getting into? I mean, how you you have an online environment, but who, how are we making sure that those are the classes online, the kids are online, the teachers are online, uh, the assessment is you know with their names and and so on. So how is technology? Uh, how is the data? data plays a, a good part in this process and people is not only about people uh, training it's oh. about communication it's about um, organizational design do you have the people that you need in the right place uh, it's about processes mm -hmm. uh, and processes are how is how are teachers going to do this how are uh, how are they going to get support who's going to support them when how long it's going to take and project management. Somebody has to make sure this is uh, coordinated, right? Like a symphony it has to be coordinated to make sure we reach uh, the end. And uh, just before even exploring that, uh, just so we are aligned on, on, on this. So what's a project? So when a school says, well, we're gonna do this project and we're gonna go online, we wanna do digital learning, uh, we're gonna have a, blended learning i don't know whatever it is that your project is you have to have uh, a concept so what uh, where are we starting from so this is our situation at the moment uh and where do you want to go and then you have to think about all the requirements that you that you need uh all the resources all the sorry the requirements of the project so in need i need to have uh, a tool that will help me uh, connect with students online. I will have to have, well, it, it doesn't matter what the requirements are. Every project has different requirements, but think about those systematically. What, what do you need out of this project? What every, every person needs from this? Uh, and the resources, and that's not just financial resources, this could be people um, and so on. Uh, structure and management, who's gonna do what? And, and business support. So you, this is definitely very important. So many projects fail because also they, it comes from somebody in the school, but it doesn't have the support of the heads, doesn't have the support, I sponsor uh, with power to make things happen. So this is all very important. And you know you're successful in a project when you deliver things on time, on budget, uh, meeting the specifications, everyone is fully adopted, uh, whatever your project was, was fully adopted by people um, and proven to deliver what you have laid out. So if you have that, great, you've, 
you delivered a successful project. And this is, it sounds very complex, but it's not. Well, this is just uh, for you to see what's in those, the, 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 what, what's in technology data people process and project management. So this is how we go about uh, helping schools with their education technology uh, plans. So the first line, let me see how much time do I have now? Uh, can you tell me how much time do we have now? About five ma minutes? Yes, ma'am, yes. you do have five minutes. Okay, great. So I'm just gonna go over this very quickly because you will, I will show you how to find this online anyway. So if you were a school leader, if you were uh, a head of school, uh, uh, IT or education technology leader, you, you, that, that's, the, that's the model that we use to help you make sure your, your digital uh, transformation project goes well. Right. So the first line you see it's strategy. So wh whatever you want to do, you have to have a, a vision. So where do you want to get with this? I want to have a digital learning environment where students can access blah, 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 blah. And teachers, it doesn't really matter. But as long as everyone understands and they have a shared vision for where you want to go, you're fine. Uh, and then you have a, a business case is actually what are the benefits that are going to come out from this project? So I want to do this because, and that's your business case. So the, all the all the all the benefits. Uh, you have the deploy deployment roadmap. So what are we going to do first, second, third, and fourth to get there? What's the what stages do we have to go through to get to our vision? And performance measurement is how um, how how well are we doing? How do we know that we got there? And then in this project, you have people, process, technology, data, and project management. Uh, when you think about people, it's really just not training. Training, as you can see, is the last one, skills and training. So just make sure people have the, the skills that you need. And if they don't, you just have to provide them with training. But also, it uh, goes about thinking on functional requirements organizational design and communications. So for instance, uh, do you have all the people that you need in the right place? Do you need to hire extra people? Do you need to get people who like uh, uh, and transform them in something else and, and give them different powers to, to make sure this, this uh, project is going well? Uh, in process, you have the process definition, uh, service levels, policy definition, process implementation, measurement and improvement. So what, who is go, how are things gonna go about? How are teachers supposed to teach in, mode, in this mode? How are they gonna um, request uh, a software? How are they going to uh, do co collaborate? How are they going to get support and so on? Uh, in technology, you it's more about making sure that you have the technology that's suits your needs and how it integrates, uh, how is it integrating with all the other systems that you already have in place and make sure it's installed and configured and tested. In data, you have uh, just get the, whatever the students and teachers and parents information in the right place to make sure it's all linked and connected. And in project management, it's just about making sure uh, you have the right support and you're communicating everyone and everything is planned and going uh, aligned with whatever you designed. Well, this is um, 
this is for like school level change. If you want to, to go further and explore this, I will show you here. You can go in our website, uh, edutechalliance.com. You go to resources, videos, and you will find a video explaining you in detail what, how to go about, uh oh, I didn't click. Oh yes, I did. Uh, in detail, how to work on education technology project management for schools. We will produce, this is the first video, this is the basics. Uh, we will produce more videos and make it available for schools. If you, if you want to explore other resources that are free, you can see here project management, uh, actually it's in templates. Uh, you can get other free resources here to get to make sure your um, your project management your project management is it right. So you have here some some examples that you you can use as well. Okay, so it's netotechalliance.com and you go to resources and you will find it there. Also, you can go to YouTube and uh, it will be in YouTube as well. So just because we don't have enough time today, but if you go here, you're gonna find. Uh oh, I clicked in the wrong one. Sorry. Uh, you're going to find more resources. So let me just stop the presentation. Yes. So uh, I, I hope that this 30 minutes, it was really uh, a quick one, but it was just to give you some ideas on, on how to make this change from remote emergency to digital learning. Um, I want to thank everyone who participated and thank you for the organizers. I think we have some time for a question and answers now, correct? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, we do. And we actually already have some questions lined up for you. And for the rest of the participants, you can post your questions in the chat box or in the activity section. And then we can present it to Ms. Rosa then, uh, subsequently. So the first two questions are actually, ma'am, from Dr. Yogita Sarwar. She wants to understand, have the teachers been given training through MOOCs earlier as well? I don't quite understand this question, to tell you the truth. You mean earlier, what do you, what, I'm sorry, Dr. Yagita, but what do you mean by earlier, before that? Uh, yes, so I am assuming, uh, Dr. Yogita Sarwal, you can clarify on the same. But uh, from what I understand, she wants to uh, understand that has the practice of using these massive online open courses uh, for teaching training, was, was it prevalent before the COVID crisis as well? Okay, so how have the, the teachers were getting trained uh, before COVID, correct? Yes. So I, yeah, I think teachers, I think there's a, the schools have been, and teachers have been, I mean, we all know that digital learning was there. Schools were just basically ignoring it as a priority um, because the schools are, are just, it's just hard for schools to change because they don't have enough incentives to change sometimes. Um, but yes, some schools were providing training and some teachers were getting training before and, and, and some were not. So it, 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 there are many things available online, for instance, and many schools are providing their teachers with, with training. Uh, it's just a matter of doing it or not. I mean, they were, it was always there. Mm -hmm. All right. So was, was, were MOOC being used at any point of time for these training before COVID? Mm. Sorry? Was MOOC being used 
MOOC that is a mass open online uh, course. So were these also being employed as a tool for teaching training before COVID? So what 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 tool was I using before COVID? Yes, I think the question is more directed towards the use of MOOC that is a massive online open courses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So were they being used earlier before COVID for teacher training, or is it a very recent development? No, I think I think many tools were used. It just depends on the school, on the teachers. Some, you know, it was uh, the digital transformation was there for a long time, for who knows how long. Uh, it's just a matter of now it's urgent. So because it's urgent, people were trying to go and go faster uh, and and get it, you know, quicker. And and because they are not those this change, this move was not planned. They they don't they didn't plan it right because it was an emergency one. Now it's time to you know you should be planning this already and and getting all of those open source um, trainings that you didn't have before. Now as long as you're doing this, it's fine. But you need to go and uh, go after that at the moment. So I mean I I don't have anyone to any specifically one to to recommend but there are just so many if you go online and you will find many uh, mocks thank you and there's actually a follow-up question from dr yogita sarwal she's asking mm -hmm. if you can suggest some ways to equip the teachers for better teaching which will help them to sail through calamities like the covid 19. okay uh some ways to equip teachers well, this is for the teachers. They basically need uh, training on whatever the tool that they are using. They, ha they probably have some way to use a tool to go digital and uh, teach the kids. And what I can tell you is, explore when you think about the when you think about the intervention that your lesson. Think before the lesson. Think about first the objectives that you want to reach. And then ways, how are you going to do this online? You can't just try to forget the teachers speaking and student listening idea and think about how maybe they can, they can explore something. They can figure out things by themselves. I mean, they are online already. So can they, can they research something? Can they produce something? You can use uh, smaller rooms. Some tools offer you this. Uh, video conferencing tools that you can have like breakout rooms. So you, you you give them something to think about and they go into a group and they think about this, this they discuss something. And then, I mean, it's, it's basically just thinking about it before on how you want to reach your assessment, how, sorry, your objectives and how are you gonna assess that they have learned, but try not to think about a question like a quiz you telling them something, them getting that information, and then just checking with a quiz whatever they got. This is this is not sustainable in the long run. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, we have a question from Mr. Bayana, who's asking how these digital classrooms are coordinating and collaborating with the stakeholders. Digital classroom are coordinating and collaborating with stakeholders yes. so coordinating and collaborating with stakeholders so this is probably like the stakeholders you mean like the coordinators the directors of the school yes uh yes 
Oh. Mr. Banner, you can clarify mm-hmm. on that in case you want. But yes, given my understanding, it would mean the leadership of the school. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Th- okay, okay. Thank you very much. Madam, this is like how will you collaborate with the stakeholders like parents, teachers, students, and management? Ah, okay, fantastic. Thank you for clarifying it. Ah, uh, so it depends. Okay. On the, it depends on the tool. You can get sometimes uh, coordinators to get into the lesson sometimes and participate. Ah, uh, you can also uh, have them. Uh, look at your 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 lesson plan beforehand with you to make sure you you, you know if if you have any questions they can help you with that. So w- what I mean is you always need to for this constant support, especially in this time of change, the school directors or coordinators and they they should always be giving you support. So they are there to support you in your needs, and this this is something sometimes they're not there to check. if you're doing the right thing only they're there to support you on doing uh the right thing and also to support you on on bringing consistency so w- why do you need the coordinator or the or the director because if if you have those people uh overseeing all the other classes all the other teachers you get some consistency on what you're doing for the kids so the students they need to, they can when they go from one class to another if they have a consistency in terms of how technology is used the tool that is used uh it's better for them so that's that's how you do that i mean sometimes you can get them on your lesson sometimes you can you can work on collaborative tools online with them uh you have google microsoft and so many other uh possibilities where where you can exchange uh and talk to them so having a collaborative and communication platform with them is essential at the moment i would say thank you mr rozas uh, mr banner i believe that answers your question so we can proceed with the rest of the questions if anybody has any queries you can post it on the chat box we do have the time for a few final questions <laughs> Amrita. Ah uh, yes. I'm Lonu, Lonu Gogoi, and uh, I would like to put, uh, basically uh, related to. So, so I wish to know whether uh, because in the class we have different, uh, you know, students uh, have different learning abilities. So when you do an assessment, so do you cater to their needs also? how how do you support students when they have different needs right different learning yes, yes. you know so, uh, i was teaching for 15 years and i i always liked the online because i i find it uh even easier for me to collect information and to support different students different levels of you know uh students with learning difficulties students with uh, who are behind who are ahead um i always found it better and easier because it, depending on the tool that you're using it will give you information how they're progressing how they're learning and and when you are in a 15 minutes class physical class you don't have time to do whatever all the things you have to do like helping this child do this and helping that child do that and so on but if you were online and you're not doing this 15 minutes class 
like you're not just speaking and having them listen to you for the 15 minutes. You're actually saying, well, you're going to explain whatever you're going to go about in the first 10 minutes. And then you're going to go let them work on it. And then you can actually have some one-on-one time with those students. Or you can uh, talk to them later or give them more personalized activities. So you can, you can give the same uh, type of activity, but different levels uh, for, for your whole class in a second. So depending on the tool it's, uh, that you're using, and there are many free tools for that, uh, you, you can have those, that you can ha even support all your kids in different ways because you, you can just manage it better. Uh, your your microphone. Is yeah, yeah, sorry. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for answering it. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Miss Rosas. I think you have answered all the questions quite beautifully and quite satisfactorily. Uh, digital innovation definitely the option. I think it's it's high time we stop fighting it and get comfortable with the new realities. And mm -hmm. instead of hoping for. Uh, let's say you know going back to what we we think is normal so i think exactly. that is absolutely important this is a new normal and uh, if we accept it then it will it will work with us rather than against us i feel and besides that the considering that the whole world is going towards is going undergoing a digital revolution and it will keep undergoing a digital revolution for times to come it is very important that we make students also comfortable with this reality i mean uh -huh. Skills is important, yes, like how to work a computer, but the fact that they may have to work with the corner computer for a long term is something that they need to get comfortable with uh, and learn how to balance it with their lifestyle. So, yes, I think your session was quite relevant in uh, not even if COVID would not have happened, I think your session would have been quite relevant because of the way that the world is moving forward in, in a particular direction. And this is global. This is not something that's related to any first world or second world or third world country it is it is global and thank you for bringing that to us and also introducing your organization which is working so well in this field like you said that you know you have some videos and all in your, on your youtube channel which can be accessed by all i think that is quite uh, quite generous on your part hmm, very good yeah that's the objective the objective is uh we do have some schools that pay the memberships and they get this personalized support. But our idea is that with that money or the resource that we get from, from those schools, we produce more and more videos uh, to be freely available, available for all schools. Uh, yes, so I would like to bring out to the, our audience that uh, the organization that uh, Ms. Rosas is associated with, the EduTech Alliance, does have a membership-based platform as well and it has actually quite a lot of options for those who become members as well and like uh, we have already discussed that her channels on on her website as well as the youtube channel has a lot of free content as well so please connect please utilize this uh, i think technology is one of the most unbiased thing which has no boundaries no borders nowadays so it is definitely something that all of us can use without any hesitation it is one common language for all so Please, everyone, let's connect. And I think it is it is important that we utilize the uh, utilize the platform that Ms. Rosa has created for us. We have also shared her email ID on the group itself, the chat box. So I'll read it out for everybody. That is her name. That is Glossia Rosas at edutechalliance.com. I'll spell it out as well. 
it is g l a u c i a dot r o s a s at e d u t e c a l l i a n c e dot c o m dot com so i'm sure we all can work towards this framework more and uh, yeah edutech alliance is i think there to help us ease through the process so thank you ma'am for spending your time today and joining us for the session today and helping us through the whole process i'm sure thank we can learn a lot 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 more but then <laughs> all of us currently have a limited time slot so hope to collaborate with you and connect with you later well thank you so much thank you everyone for the questions and for for taking your time to participate thank you so much it was a pleasure thank talking you. to you all have a great day ahead ma'am and thank you to our participants for connecting with us today we'll be joining again for tomorrow at 5 o'clock sharp bye bye thank you